37, and we'll read down through verse number 31, Matthew chapter 9. Appreciate you singing out. That is a blessing. On a, a dark winter's night, you're still here and you're singing. That's, that's amazing because God can give you joy no matter what the circumstances. And singing is such a part of it. I sing all the time. Um, I annoy everybody that's around me by my singing. But I do. I enjoy singing. I sing all the time. And it's good. It's good to have a joy, a song in your heart. And uh, that, that just, uh, that's a great thing. At least I, I think so. But, uh, but anyway, the Bible, the Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So uh, it may not be joyful to everybody else, but at least it is to the Lord. That's, that's always a great promise. Um, but Matthew chapter 9, verse number 27. Um, I'm going to have us read all these verses together. Um, verses 27 through 31, um, just so that I can get a little bit of a break. But uh, here we go. You ready? Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. Let's read. Begin. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying, And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Your faith un- unto you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. And let's pray. God, we do thank you so much, Lord, for the Bible. Uh, Lord, I'd be nothing without the Bible. I'd be nothing without uh, the truths, the doctrine that's in the Bible that I could live by my life. Lord, I thank you for the vision that you've given uh, for tonight's message. I ask you please just bless, Lord, that there would be something said today um, that would be a blessing and encouragement to those that are here. Please, uh, would you guide my voice? Help us, Lord, to be able to, uh, to learn something tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You can be seated. Um, some of you sat down a little bit too early. If those can stand up and sit back down, uh, that would be great. Uh, I, I remember, and uh, along those lines, I remember when I was, uh, when I was a young, young preacher, I said, you know what, when I, get, when I get into a church pulpit and I preach one day, I'm going to have everybody on the left side go to the right side, and everybody on the right side go to the left side, just to throw people off. And so that, and I was like, all right, no, that's a, I wouldn't want that to happen to me, so I'm not going to do that to you. Um, anyway, but, uh, but so we're going to preach here tonight. Uh, the title of the message is A Vision of Faith, A Vision of Faith. We talk about uh, New Year's, and I love... Uh, n- the newness of a new year. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I had some things that I, I that happened last year that I wasn't too proud of. I wasn't uh, really happy about. But I'm thankful for a new year. I'm thankful that God gives us a new hour, a new a new day, a new a new week, a new year to be able to continue um, and, and have a fresh start. And uh, that's that's a great thing about it. And so that's the way I look at it. But a vision of faith is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I hope that you're, you'll listen, you'll, you'll pay attention here. Um, I remember when I was, um, uh, when I was in college, um, I, I, was, uh, I was trying to date a girl up in Ohio. That was my problem already right there. But uh, trying to date a girl up in Ohio. And uh, I, I drove over to her house in Ohio for Thanksgiving. And I was there and she didn't really care for me, which is okay. Um, it wasn't Miss Katora, so... Um, it didn't matter anyway, but, uh, but she didn't care much for me and I was like, all right, whatever. And I started driving home and, uh, I, I, I drove home. It was pretty late. It was like, it was like 12 o'clock midnight, something like that. I was, I was driving home. I was like three or four hour trip from where I was at. And, uh, it was midnight and I was driving. And then of course it starts to pour down rain. 
And uh, so I'm driving, I've got a little 2001 Nissan Altima, okay? And I've got my little Nissan Altima, and I'm driving it, and uh, yeah, anyway, so it's starting pouring down, and uh, it's just getting bad. Like, it's literally cats and dogs are falling on my roof. It's, it was bad. It was really raining really bad. And then, so, I, you know, my wipers are going, and then I'm driving, and then eventually, shunk, my wipers stick together. And I'm like, well, this is not good. And so I'm driving, I'm driving like that for a little bit and I pull over under a bridge and I get out and I try to undo them a little bit and I get them back where they're supposed to be. And, uh, so I get back on the road and I'm flying about 80 miles an hour trying to get back home and I'm driving, it's pouring down rain and then the wipers go and then shunk, they get caught again. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I got a little bit of window. There's a small triangle here. I'm not going to get wet. I hate the rain, so I'm not going to get out there. I think we'll be okay. And I drove home that night with the little triangle and pouring down rain. Uh, but you know what? I say that to tell you that sometimes our vision in life can get blurred. Sometimes our, the, the way in front of us will be hard to see. Um, it was not easy. I had a crick in my neck from, uh, from turning like this just to see through that little triangle that I could get. But I wasn't about to do it again because as soon as I got out, it was going to hit it again. So I was like, you know what? Forget about it. Um, but in our life, though... We get to a point where our vision is blurred. We, we get blurred with the circumstances, the responsibilities of life. Uh, there are so many responsibilities. Uh, I talk to kids and kids are, hey, I want to be 16. I want to be an adult. I'm like, no, be a kid as long as you can. You don't have to, all you have to worry about is making sure that your teeth are brushed. And uh, your mom reminds you about that 150 times a day. And I understand now why, because kids' breath in the morning is bad. Um, uh, but, but again, there's no worries. But as soon as we become adults, man, you've got bills that are that are needing to be paid. You've got little kids that that are addicted to food for some reason, and man, we just the, the pressures of life start happening, and our vision for the future gets blurred. Our vision, are, we 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 lose clarity of what we need to do in our lives. Um, these men that we're going to talk tonight about, these two blind men in Matthew chapter nine, they lost their vision. Uh, whether they were born without vision, whether they had an accident in their life. But we understand that these two men, um, at some point in their life, had lost their vision. The Bible calls them blind. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they couldn't see anything, but something about their vision was blocked or, or, or guarded, and it was, it was messed up. Um, so these men were most likely poor. Typically, if you were a blind man, you couldn't do, do any work, so they just they would beg on the side of the road. These men were probably poor, and they faced a lot of handicaps that they had to overcome in their life. Um, I've seen uh, videos of, of people in different countries, you know, with one arm, and they're still laying bricks, and they're they're, they're laying, you know, they're scooping up the the mortar, laying it down, and throwing a brick up there with one hand, and they're overcoming these these difficulties, these handicaps that they have. Um, but uh, but we see these men, these two blind men, they they were faced with a difficulty, a great circumstance in their life that they couldn't see. Um, how many how many times do we take vision for granted? Uh, you know, we take it for granted until the doctor says, all right, what's that first letter up there? Is that a G? I don't know what that is. All right, um, it's an E. If you memorize it before you get in there, you actually look pretty good. But, uh, uh, but anyway, so, but, but sometimes in our life, you know, we, get, we lose our vision. And that's exactly what happened to these men. Uh, we, not physically, but spiritually, often lose the vision that the Lord has for us. Um, our, our spiritual vision comes from the Lord. God has a purpose 
for everybody. Um, and I say that a lot because sometimes we, we, we forget that. We think that um, just the world tries to push that we're just stardust and we're here just as animals. Um, I saw a, a, court, a, a judge and she was giving a guy a sentence and that he was going to go into prison for, uh, for um, uh, assault. And uh, the man literally, after she gave the sentence, he jumped across the court bench uh, the, and, and attacked the judge. I was like, yeah, that guy just, just sealed his fate. Like, that was it. I don't know what he was going to get from it. But we, we act like we, we are treated like animals. We are taught that we're animals. And so why does it surprise us when we act like animals? And again, we lose our vision. We, we, we think we're just stardust. We think that there's no purpose to me being here other than making money, um, trying to have fun while we're here, and then, and then I die. That's it. But that's not what God has for you. God has something plan for you. God has something unique for every one of us. Um, I cannot play the piano. I can show you where middle C is, but I cannot play the piano. Brother Randy can get up there blindfolded and probably play, uh, a, I don't, I'm trying to think of a, a big piece, Mozart or something. I don't know. Uh, but he can, he can play the piano with his eyes closed. Uh, many of you have musical abilities. Many of you have, uh, you know, you have a trade that you've learned. And I, I cannot do that. Um, I'm a preacher, okay? You give me a hammer and I, I can figure something out after about three or four fingers being broken. I can get something done. Um, but, but again, we all have different talents. We have different abilities that the Lord can use for His purpose. God has something for you. The Bible talks about us being a body of Christ. Um, if, if everybody was an eye, the Bible says, then, you know, where's the hearing? If everybody's an ear, where's the seeing? Uh, we all have a unique, different purpose that's a part of us in, in the body of Christ. Um, but, but if we're not careful, we will lose that vision from the Lord. God has a vision of how He wants you to live your life. Uh, God wants you to have godly kids. God wants you to have a strong marriage. And we use that word strong marriage. What does that look like? Uh, that's the, what the Bible talks in Ephesians 5. That's a husband loving his wife, a wife uh, loving her husband. And uh, the, the, it's a submission one to another. Um, it's not just a, well, I'm the man. This is how it's going to be. All right. No, it's, 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 it's a strong marriage. It's a healthy relationship between the two of you. Uh, if one person is just leading, leading, leading and dragging the person behind them, that's not a healthy relationship. It's, it's a relationship of communication. Uh, Adam, Adam uh, when he was first put in the garden, uh, he was brought, all the animals were brought before Adam. And he saw, all right, uh, God said, all right, Adam, what do you want to name this over here? Well, that looks like a cow to me. Okay, all right. Uh, it's got spots and, okay, it's a cow. What about this one over here? Well, that looks like the male cow. We'll call out a bull. And, okay, again, this is English. All right, again, I don't know what language they spoke. We're just uh, being imaginative here. Um, but, but again, Adam was brought a male and a female, a male and a female of every kind of animal. And eventually you, you think Adam's like, well, man, I don't have a female. It's just me here. And uh, uh, um, that, that, that is okay for a little bit, but we need females, that's for sure. We need our wives. I, I definitely need mine. Um, but again, we see that Adam didn't have that. And so God said it's not good for a man to be alone. That's why he gave him Eve. It is for a relationship. They were companions to one another. And that's what a good marriage should be. But that's what God has for our lives. God wants us to have godly kids that, that, that serve the Lord. Um, again, you, as, you ra- as you're raising your kids, uh, that is, that is your, that's on your responsibility to raise your children. But what they do with it after they leave the house, that is their decision. They are adults. Um, you are responsible how you raise them. They are responsible for what they do with that training and that discipline. Um, but God wants us to have godly kids. God wants us to have strong marriages. God wants us to have a pure life. 
um, a life not filled with promiscuity, or even if you're single, uh, you know, to live a pure life, to live a clean life. That's what God wants for us. God wants us to be soul winners. God's vision for us is to, to reach the lost, to constantly be, be telling others about a Savior. Um, uh, I, I love a quote that says, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about a somebody who can save anybody. And that's how we should live our life. We're not anything special. I don't have a gift of soul winning or anything like that. Um, I've read several books. I've tried to practice a lot. Um, but I'm not a great soul winner. But I'm just taking the gospel and I'm telling others about Jesus Christ. But that's what God wants for our life. God wants us to have character. Um, God wants us to have humility. God wants us, when we say something, that we're going to do something, He wants us to have the character to back that up. And uh, that, that used to be commonplace, but it is not. But that's what God has for us. God has a vision of how He wants us to live our life. But sometimes our vision gets blurred or hindered, and we lose our way. Um, it gets, our, our vision becomes blurry because, number one, uh, mainly because we lose our faith. We lose our faith, our faith in God. And we're going to look at this here. When we look at Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, they lost faith. They, uh, they had a lack of faith. They didn't have patience that they needed. And so that's when we have Abraham and Hagar and all the mess that comes from that because they weren't patient. They lacked the faith that they needed in God. And because of that, their vision became blurred of what God had for them. Uh, think about the children of Israel. They were at the promised land, at the gates, ready to jump in. And they lost, they had a lack of faith. They had complaining. Uh, they were like, this is not what we're used to. And uh, man, you don't do it the way that Pharaoh did it. Or whatever it may be. And there was a complaining spirit that was about them. And they're like, man, we're not going to go to those giants. They're too big. And they, they lost sight. They lost a vision of faith that God had for them. I think of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a wonderful king. But then Hezekiah, he defeated armies, he was, he was ruling with righteousness, but then Hezekiah was about to die, and he begged God for more life, and God gave him 15 more years of life, but Hezekiah sadly, at the end of his life, lost the vision that the Lord had for him, and he became apathetic. He was like, you know what, I'm done, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just let whatever happen. And uh, the Bible even says at the end, the prophet comes up to him and says, you know, why did you let these people in here? God's going to send a judgment on, on, your, on your kingdom. He's not going to send it in your time, but going to send it after you. He said, well, as long as it's not in my time, we'll be okay. And there was an apathy that came because he lost his vision for what God had for him. I think of Lot. Uh, Lot was not specifically told in the Bible that he was supposed to go with Abraham, but he did go with Abraham. And Lot was was sent to Sodom. He, he, he wanted to go towards that area. He eventually winds up in Sodom. And while he's in Sodom, he lets the wickedness of the world, the influence of the world, blur his vision to the point where his, his children were, were perished in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. His, his own wife uh, betrayed him, looked back. And his two daughters he committed incest with. His whole life ended sadly because he lost his vision for what God had for him. I think of King Saul. King Saul, the Bible tells us that Samuel came to King Saul and said, God was able to use you when you were little in your own sight. But since you you got the big britches on, since you've lost a uh, because of the sin in your life, God is not able to use you and the kingdom is going to be ripped out of your hands and given to another. And because Saul lost his vision for the Lord, Saul was not able to complete what God had for him. And so again, just like those people, we ourselves will lose the vision for Christ. What is God's vision for you? 
What is God's vision for your life? Is it to, um, is there a family member that you are, you're supposed to reach? Is there a coworker that you're supposed to tell about Jesus Christ, invite to church? Uh, what is it that God has for you? Let's make sure that we're not losing our vision for Christ. Um, I like acrost- acrostics. Um, acrostics are very helpful. Um, you can learn some things. I, I think about grace. Uh, grace is an acrostic. Uh, yes, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Um, we understand what is grace. The grace is, is God um, giving us the, the riches up in heaven for Christ's sake. Um, and then joy, Jesus, others, and you. Praying, praise, repent, ask, and yield. Um, these are acrostics that are very helpful. I've come up with an acrostic for the word faith uh, that we'll be preaching on tonight. Number one, if you look in Matthew chapter 9, verse number 27. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 27. We're going to talk about faith tonight. Uh, hopefully be a help to you just to get that vision of faith. What does God have for you? And what does faith entail? Um, let's look at the first thing here. Um, uh, number one. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men, what is that next two words? Followed him, crying, saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. We notice the first thing when we see these two blind men, the first thing that they are doing in an act of faith is to follow Jesus. It's to follow Jesus. The, the first letter of our acrostic tonight is F for following. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And uh, we're going to talk about the steps of faith. Faith is just simply trusting in God. And we act out our faith in these five different ways. One of those ways starts with following Jesus Christ. This is the foundational block is following Jesus. You have your Bibles there in Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse number 9. A couple verses up. Matthew 9, 9, the Bible says, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, You're going to be crucified. You're going to die for me. You're going to uh, lose all your, your family and your life. No, that's not what he said. What did he tell him? Follow me. And he arose and followed him. The first step of obedience, the first step of faith involves us just following Jesus Christ. Um, that happens at salvation, where we, we decide to repent of our own sins and to trust in Jesus Christ. We start following Jesus. Uh, there are many people that, that, uh, that talk about Jesus, but follow Jesus. I love the bumper sticker that says, do you follow Jesus this closely? And uh, that's... Uh, I don't ever see those because I always keep you know the two car distance right anyway. Uh, but following Jesus, we are to follow Jesus. Are you willing to follow God? Uh, the Bible talks about Matthew chapter sixteen twenty four. Then Jesus said unto the disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We are to follow Jesus Christ. Now I don't know where Jesus is going to lead me. I would never have told you, um, even at the beginning of last year, that I was going to be moving to West Virginia. God had different plans. But you know what? We just tried to follow what Jesus wanted for us. God's not going to give you the whole entire picture because then you lose the faith. It's it's by sight. But we are not to live by sight. We're supposed to be living by faith. The just shall live by faith. Um, But again, we have faith in Jesus Christ. uh, you You cannot have faith without first following Christ. You cannot say, well, God, you just show me the whole picture here, and then I'll follow you. No, we just follow God. That's the first act of faith. It's a first step. It's a baby step, if you will, saying, God, I'm going to follow you. Where you're going to lead, I have no idea, but God, I'm going to follow you. Uh, What has God told you to do, um, but you have disregarded? 
What has God said? Has God said, I want you to help out in a Sunday school class. I want you to be more faithful uh, to Wednesday night church or Sunday night church or Sunday school. What has God told you to lead you in and we have not followed? Uh, what has God told you about being a witness to family or work or the, the cashier at Walmart or wherever you go? Um, what has God led you that you have said, uh, God, I'll follow you up to a certain point, but I got some limits here. Uh, that's what usually happens. But if we're going to have a vision of faith for God, if we're going to have our, our sights clear set on what God wants for us, firstly, we have to follow Him. Um, faith starts with following God. Then once we follow, our faith will be increased. These are just stepping stones. If I follow God, then my faith in God will be increased. Um, I remember when I was uh, when I was in college, in Bible college, um, I had a, a guy that was on my bus route with me, and uh, he was a, uh, I think he's he's... He's Filipino, I think is what it was, and uh, he was he was a chunky guy. But uh, we were out soul winning, and uh, we came up to a basketball court. And he was we, he was a very timid man, and I'm not a very bold person myself. I'm very quiet, um, and uh, yeah, All right, don't laugh. It's okay. But uh, I'm very ner- I'm very nervous around people. I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not an extrovert, very introverted. But we came up to this basketball court, and I've seen uh, we drove by this basketball court a lot, and there were tons of people there. Um, like easily, easily 50 to 60 people were on these basketball courts playing at, at the same time. And uh, they were not the same color as we were. Uh, but they were over there playing and I, I pulled in there. And I'm like, you know what? God is telling me, Kenny, that we need to go talk to these guys. And he looks at me and I, he, I'm like, I'm being serious. He's like, really? Okay. Are you sure? And he just sits there. And we sat in the parking lot staring at these guys playing basketball. We were probably there for at least four or five minutes. And we're just like trying to hype each other up. And I was extremely nervous. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're right. They're probably not going to listen to us. And I put my car in reverse and I started driving off. And as soon as we started getting on the main road and we drove off, he's like, man, I'm so glad you, you didn't go. I was really nervous. I said, why are we chickens? And I put that car, I did it, I banged a Yui, and I came on back to that basketball court, and I ran out there like a loud mouth, and I said, hey, we're out from a Baptist church, I want to tell you about Jesus. And I started trying to hand tracks out to people, they started scattering, okay? Uh, but we did, we did see one teenage boy get saved. And I, you know, again, I, I look at that, that was something I was so filled with fear. There was no way I was going to do that. But I just said, God... I believe you laid this on my heart. I'm just going to follow you. Did I have everything that I needed as far as strength goes? No. I was as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. But I followed God. And God brought a victory because of that. The first step that we need to realize is we need to follow Jesus Christ. How do you have faith? How do we increase our faith? You have to follow Jesus. Where is Jesus leading you? Next, we have to ask Jesus. Look at verse number 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. The second step that we need for to have faith in our life is first to follow, but then to ask. Um, asking is it's an amazing thing. The creator of the world, the God of the universe that has all power, that is just and holy, thrice holy God, wants to hear us talk to him. Wants us as, uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him? He wants to, our lonely man, there's, there's not a person on the planet that even comes close to being anything that God would recognize as a great person. 
But yet God looks at that person and says, I want to hear from you. I want you to ask. I want you to pray to me. What is praying? Praying, all praying is, is just asking God. Um, it's not, it's not praising. It's not thanksgiving. That is a part of prayer, but it's not prayer. Prayer is the asking of God, saying, God, I need your help for today. God, I need strength. God, would you be with so and so? They, they have a health issue. They have a financial issue. That is what asking, that's what praying is. Prayer is an act of faith. Think about it. How many in here, would you raise your hand, you've seen Jesus Christ? How many here have seen God the Father? Nobody. So if I were to, to come into your house and sit with you during your prayer time, man, I would think you were a loony if I didn't know about God. Like, who are you talking to? I'm talking to God. Man, are you, are you need some medication? I'm sure there's a pill out there somewhere you can try. But the act of me going to God that I've never seen before, I've never felt, I've never heard Him speak to me, and for me to go to God and say, God, I need you today. God, there is, there is uh, some people that I need to help today. God, I need you to help me encourage someone today. Man, think about that. The act of us praying is faith. Me going to God, I'm, I'm following God, I'm trying to follow what He wants, and then me going to God and asking Him for something. Think about the faith. Think about the faith of these two blind men. Um, you know, again, if they were to come up to Brother Myers and say, Brother Myers, would you please have mercy on us? Give me my sight back. And Brother Myers is like, alright, okay. You smack him on the head, nothing happens. Uh, but the, the, very, the, the reason that they asked is because they had faith that God would do something. The reason we pray is not to utter utterances and to have vain repetition. The reason we pray is an act of faith so that God can answer our prayers. So in, in, in this acrostic for faith is number one is following Jesus. Number two is asking Jesus. Our kids, when they break toys, I don't know what it is. Um, I never broke a toy growing up. Not really. But uh, but toys today, my goodness, when it came Christmas time, uh, we've got our, our basement is literally, we can't even walk in it. There's so many toys. It's just a bunch of junky toys, like just, uh, you know, toys that are going to fall apart in the next day. Um, and uh, when the girls, when they break a toy, what do they do? They come, Daddy! You know, Timmy's got a broken piece. He's trying to hit. No, uh, but Daddy, the, the toy is broken. Can you fix my toy? And what are they doing? They don't know if I can fix it. And some of the toys, I don't even know if I can fix it. But they have faith that I'll be able to fix it. That's why they ask. Why do we ask God for things? Because we have faith that He's going to answer them. And God has given us so many promises in the Bible that we can hang our hat on. If it's according to our will, the Bible says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, if it's according to His will, He heareth us. And we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Matthew 7, 7. You're there. Let's go ahead and look at that one. Matthew chapter 7. In verse number 7, Matthew 7, 7, the Bible says this. Uh, let me get there one more. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And this is, that we, we, we quote that first part, and it's amazing, because it, it gives us the answer. But look at verse number 8. Look how powerful this is. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that knocketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. These are promises. These are prayer promises that I can go to God and say, God, you answered this prayer for someone else. God, I, I'm standing in the need. And I need you to help me. And I say, God, I, according to your will, you want to see this person saved. God, you want to see me live a Christian life and I cannot do it without you. God, would you help me? And that's according to his will. And he says already in 1 John 5, 14 to 15, if it's according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. 
That's, a, that's something we can go to God. You're like, man, that sounds a little bold, doesn't it? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 that we are to go, come before the throne boldly, that we can make, find grace and, and strength in time of need. That's what we are to do is to come boldly. We're to ask God boldly. The, the, the act of me asking God is an act of faith. Um, so we're talking about faith here tonight. Number one is to follow Jesus. Number two is to ask Jesus. Number three is to identify with Jesus Christ. Go back to Matthew chapter 9, verse number um, 28. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 28. The Bible says, And when he, Jesus, was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. Now notice what they did. Uh, Jesus came into this house. Uh, now, uh, I don't know how the houses were back then, but I would imagine they were not very big. And so these blind, these blind men came into the house with Jesus Christ. They were identifying. They were saying, God, I'm not only going to follow you, I'm going to, I'm going to identify with you. When people were to walk by that house, they were to see Jesus, and they just assume those that are with Jesus, they are, they are part of Jesus' crew. They're, they're with Jesus Christ. And they are not only following Him, but they're identifying with Jesus Christ. They are identifying with Him. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I don't live this life for what I want. I don't identify this life as, as, a, as a white male that, that, that has four kids. No, I'm a Christian. I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. I am a Christian number one. Because that's who I identify with. Why do people live the way that they do? Is because uh, people are everything but Christians. Uh, man, what you talk to somebody? Uh, you know, wh- who are you? What 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 are, what are you? Well, I'm 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 a member of the Rotary Club, or I'm a member of this association, or I, I'm from Shepherdstown, or I'm from Martinsburg, or wherever you're from. And that's who we identify with. But why don't we identify with Jesus Christ? Why don't when people say, you know, what 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 do I need to know about you? Well, number one, I'm a Christian. I'm not an American first. I'm a Christian first. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. You take America away and I will still follow Jesus Christ. I don't rely on America for me to follow Jesus. I still follow Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's a little bit deeper than just following. I'm identifying with Jesus. Um, they, 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 they spotted Peter out. When Peter was there warming his hands by the fire and Jesus is inside the hall being judged, they said, I've seen you before. You're a Galilean. You're, you're with Jesus, aren't you? What was he doing? He identified with Jesus Christ, but then he's like, no, I'm not with him. Blankety, blankety, blank, blank, blank. And he, he tried to get away from that, but he couldn't. He identified with Jesus Christ. His identity was in Jesus Christ. Um, there was a boy, a uh, story of a boy that had a dog. And uh, he, he was bragging to his other friend, and uh, you know the, the, there were some other people around. And uh, he was like, "Hey, my dog right here—he's a police dog." They're like, "Really? That's great." Uh, he doesn't really look like a police dog. He's a little mangy. He's a little mutt. I mean, he, he's a small little dog. Are you sure he's a police dog? Yeah, he's a police dog. He's a police dog. Well, are you sure? Yeah, he's just in the Secret Service. Uh, so he. Uh, but again, we, we, we don't need to live. We need to identify with Jesus Christ. We are not, uh, we are not secret service Christians. There's a song about that. We are to, to boldly proclaim Jesus to the world around us. Uh, again, we are to identify with Jesus Christ. These men were not just content to follow Jesus. They came into the very same house. You came tonight to the very same church that Jesus Christ is, is founded. Is the church of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. That's not it. It's the Baptist church. Sorry, the church of Jesus. 
I don't, anyway, uh, but the church of Jesus Christ, God founded this church. And when you come to the church, why is it so important we go to church? Because I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. I'm identifying as a Baptist. I'm identifying as a Christian when I go to church. Um, if, if you were to talk to somebody and uh, they, you know, you go to to, uh, to a doctor and say, "Hey, um, you know, what, what do you do for work?" Oh, I'm a doctor. Okay, what hospital do you go to? Now I just do my own practice somewhere else. You know, if you if you need something done, you need a leg cut off or anything, I'm your guy. Just come to me. I, I'm not going to that because they didn't identify with some board of, of medical services. He doesn't identify with a hospital. It's the same thing with a Christian. Uh, we are to identify with Christ. How do we do that? By going to church, being a part, following Him. And we notice here that the level of commitment increases. Uh, these people could follow Jesus from afar, as, as one of the disciples did when Jesus was uh, was being crucified. Uh, but they could have followed Him afar, and people didn't really know. I could ask Jesus, and nobody really knows. But I'm, now we've reached a different level of commitment. I'm identifying with Christ. I'm a Christian. And uh, again, there's a different level of commitment. Jesus has a vision for your life, but we lose it because we are not identifying with Jesus Christ. So number one is to follow Jesus. Number two is to ask Jesus. Number three is to identify with Jesus. And then lastly here, I'm sorry, we have two more letters, sorry about that. But trusting Jesus, letter T is to trust Jesus. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 29, notice what Jesus says. And this is the only time, uh, it's a very interesting uh, part of of what Jesus tells to these men. Uh, Notice verse number 28. Yes, verse number 28. The Bible says this, um, And and when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto him, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Yes, I'm going to give you vision, but I'm going to give you vision according to your faith in me. Wow. Man, some of us, sadly, wouldn't even be able to find the doorknob after that. We'd have been worse off. We'd have been, uh, because we don't have the faith that we need in Jesus Christ. Uh, but imagine, God told them, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to give you a vision, but according to your faith, I'm going to give you that, that vision. Um, uh, we need to trust God. God is, um, Trusting is following God when we do not understand. It is following God, but on a different level. Trust is complete dependence upon God. Uh, my kids do not go to the kitchen table and wonder and worry, man, are we going to have breakfast this morning? Are we going to have lunch this eve- this afternoon? Are we going to have supper? They don't worry about that. They don't worry that when we get out of here, we're going to go eat ramen noodles and ice cream. They don't worry about that. They just, they just trust that that's what's going to happen. What is that? That's a complete dependence upon us as a parent. But we should have that same dependence upon God. Um, God says, you know, we, we worry about the, 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 what we wear and what kind of food we eat and how tall we are and things like that. But God said, don't worry about those things. I will take care of those things. Uh, just like the sparrow doesn't have to worry about food, I will take care of your food. I will take care of your needs. That is what God is for. Philippians 4 tells us that, that our God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. Um, but we tr- to trust God is to have complete dependence upon God. I follow the LSU football team. All right, but I do not trust the LSU football team uh, for anything. Okay, I don't trust that they're going to make the championship. I'm going to trust anything about them. But I do follow them. But we understand that it's, this is a different level of following. This is going to God and saying, God, I'm trusting you for my financial needs. I'm, tr- I'm not going to go blow money and, and uh, rack up credit card debt and then, well, God, I'm trusting you and you haven't supplied my- No, God's given you sense as well, so don't waste that. 
Uh, but, but we are to trust in God and say, God, I don't want to be consumed with these little uh, things of this world, but I'm going to trust you that you'll take care of those things, and I'm just going to keep following you. That's the way we should have for our lives. Uh, we should trust Jesus Christ. Um, again, many of us would, would hit the doorway on the way out and we'd miss the stairs completely, fall flat on our face if we were healed according to our faith. But we can increase our faith by following Jesus, by asking, communicating in prayer with Jesus Christ, by identifying with Jesus, letting people know this is where I go to church, I'm a Christian, don't use those words around me, don't talk like that around me, I'm a Christian, uh, and don't use those words yourself. Um, there was a, a man, sadly, uh, with my uh, uh, one of the teachers that I had in Bible college, and um, he said that he was he would go to a warehouse and he worked with other 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 men there in the warehouse, and it was a large large warehouse. And one of the guys that came, uh, he said he was a Christian, but as he came, he had one of the Sports Illustrated magazines with him. And uh, they were like, hey, you know, how are you say you're a Christian? And, and uh, you, you look at that stuff, and he says he's a Christian, and he doesn't look at that stuff. And uh, again, you're, you're not identifying with Christ. We want to make sure that we're identifying. Uh, we, that means that we separate from some of the stuff of the world. We identify with Jesus Christ. And then we trust Him. This is what I, I had had this morning that I forgot about. But many things about tomorrow I do not understand. But I know who hosts tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I have to trust in Jesus. I have to trust Him. Uh, God is, if, if God still has a vision for you, God's not going to, you're not going to die. Just keep going. Keep, don't worry about the, oh man, well, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. And I'm, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Don't worry about those things. Trust in Jesus. Uh, the, a missionary, uh, I'm, I'm not sure 100%, but he was in a dangerous field. But this was his saying. He said, you are invincible until God is done with you. Because as soon as God's done with you on the mission field, now there are things that can take care of you after that. But, but again, we, God has given us something that He wants us to do. Don't worry about these things that are going to keep you from that vision and blur your vision that you have for Jesus Christ. Here's the last thing here, and I'm done. But um, heralding Jesus Christ, or proclaiming Jesus. Heralding matched with the acrostic. But, uh, but proclaiming or telling people about Jesus. Notice what these blind men did. The Bible says in verse number 30, And their eyes were open, Matthew 9, 30, And their eyes were open, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that, thou, uh, that no man know it, but they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. Now the reason Jesus told these men, I don't want you to, to spread my fame abroad, because Jesus at this time hadn't revealed himself as the Messiah, as the sacrifice. That would happen when he came in um, to Jerusalem during uh, the, the Palm Sunday, which we would call it. Um, but, but he hadn't revealed himself, so he's like, don't tell anybody. But that does not apply to us. Uh, God tells us to go into the all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That command is, is no longer uh, viable for us. We are to tell, we are to herald, we are to tell people about Jesus Christ. So we understand that this, this, this is a step of faith. We're growing. It's not only just following Jesus. I'm talking to Jesus. I'm praying to Jesus. I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to act the way that the world does. I'm going to act like a Christian ought to. And then there, there is the, the trusting in Jesus for our daily needs and, and really completely depending on Him for our life. And then we, we tell people about Jesus Christ. We tell people about Jesus. Um, telling others about Jesus and His vision for you is heralding Jesus Christ. We tell others about the things that God has done for us. Um, when I was a new soul winner, I, I didn't know anything about really a lot of the Bible doctrines, okay? I was a teenager. Uh, the first time I went soul winning in a group, I was 13 years old, and I was going door to door, and I, they were like, all right, buddy, you're up. 
I'm like, what? We just knocked on two doors. I have no idea what I'm saying. You're up. Go ahead. It was just another teenage guy, and I think he enjoyed that more than anything. But man, I, 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 I and you give him a track, and you're like, great day, and he just walk off. All right. But that's where you start. But but the act of telling people about Jesus Christ takes faith. It takes a great amount of faith. Again, you're telling people about somebody you've never met before. And you're telling people uh, about Jesus Christ that they themselves have never experienced, but you, you know about Jesus because of the Word of God. You have a trust in Jesus Christ, and so you're taking what Jesus you've learned, and you're sharing it with other people. That takes a great amount of faith. It's the most unnatural thing that we do as human beings. Um, I, I am not, by nature, uh, somebody that likes to talk to strangers. I do not. Uh, that stranger danger talk that I had when I was a little kid uh, with my parents, man, I took that to heart, and I didn't talk to nobody. Um, but that's not the way God has for us. God wants us, even though you may be a little backward, if you will, socially, God still wants you to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. That command is for everybody. Not for the most eloquent, not for the people um, that have the most Bible knowledge, that have read the Bible backwards and forwards, but those that just have a faith in God, God, I'm just going to go. I love that the story, the Bible talks about a man named Apollos. And all he knew about was the baptism of John. And he was going about and he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now there was, uh, so, uh, Lois, uh, Lois came and she took him and uh, she, she showed him the word more perfectly. But man, he just had a boldness about it. And he stepped out in faith and God was able to use that in a great way. Um, you know, the, the blind men were a product, if you think about it, they were a product of someone else telling them about Jesus Christ. Look in, if you will, verse number 25. But when the people were put forth, this is Jesus, he's healing um, uh, Jairus' daughter here. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand and the maid arose. Notice verse number 26. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. In the very next verse we are introduced to these two blind men. So notice that Jesus does a miracle and the people that were around him started spreading about Jesus Christ and the blind men were a direct uh, fruit of somebody telling them about Jesus Christ. Hey, Jesus just rose a, 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 de- a girl from the dead. Man, I'm sure he could heal your eyes. Go see him. Man, uh, you know, again, what, what is salvation? It's just one uh, sinner that found bread, a, a beggar that found bread, telling another beggar where to go find that bread. And that's exactly what it is. I, I don't have all the answers, but I know somebody that does. I don't have all the, the, the complicated things that, that life works. I don't have all those answers, but I do have somebody I can point you to. is Jesus Christ. So tell people about Jesus Christ. And, um, that, that includes soul winning, but it also includes the good things that God's done for you. The Bible talks about that we are supposed to proclaim to the heathen the goodness of the Lord. We're supposed to sing songs in the heathen to show them how good God is. Uh, man, we, we, we say it sometimes, we stand up, well, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We say that, but do we mean that? Do we, do we tell other people about the goodness of the Lord? Uh, man, my wife would not be very happy if all I did was just take, 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 and never bragged on her for her food, okay? I've eaten many meals. I was telling her the other day, I'm like, you know, this may, this may come as a, as a, a burden to your weight, but you literally are supplying the nourishment to keep five people alive. How about that? I mean, honestly, uh, you know, if it was just me, we'd be eating ramen noodles and cereal every night. I mean, you're, you're giving us nutrients, honey. You're taking care of our family. Um, but again, uh, uh, but again, tell about the good things of the Lord. Um, I was with a man out in Tennessee and he, 
When he would go soul winning, he would say, hey, my name is Chip McCoy, and I'm just going to tell you, God has been so good. I was a, I was a high school dropout, I was a nobody, I was, a, I, was, I was down and out, but God came along, and now I've been married for 30 years, and now I've got the, my dream job, and I, I've got this, this, and this. And he would tell this to people as he's knocking on the door. Why? Because he was, he was proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. And man, I was amazed how many people were listening. People were in, oh wow. Because again, it's not just, it's not just a, it's not just somebody that you've never met. This is somebody personally that's a friend to me. I want to introduce you to my friend, Jesus Christ. He has done so much for me. And man, if we, we spent time talking about the goodness of the Lord, that would be so good for us as people. Uh, thinking about the positives. I believe one of the big reasons why people are getting away from Christianity is because we are hiding the goodness of God. We are hiding the good things from the Lord. Man, if there's been a burden that, that, that you've had an answer to prayer to, man, if there's been a financial difficulty that, that God has helped you through, tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about what God's done in your life. Um, Man, it would do us good to just constantly, hey, praise the Lord that uh, the, the roads were clear today. Praise the Lord that we have another day to be able to work. Man, you throw, you want to throw your boss off. Say, praise the Lord, I've got a boss that's here at work today. Wow, alright. You know, again, we're praising God. We're, we're giving God thanks for the goodness that He's done for us. You have a life worth living. You have a vision that the Lord has given you. Tell other people about it. Tell other people about it. Don't let this vision of faith be blurred because of a lack of faith. Because of complaining or apathy or whatever, you fill in the blank. But God has given us a vision. Don't let that vision get blurred. Yes, life gets busy. Uh, if you have kids or you have a job or you have a vehicle, you've got a house, uh, there's a, so much that can just be wrapped into those things that we lose focus of the future. We're just living for now. We're trying to make sure that everything's taken care of and we lose focus of what God has for us. These men uh, were blind men, but yet they left for men with sight. And they were able to tell people about Jesus because they had faith in God. Don't lose the vision of faith. Without faith, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please God. The more we experience in these areas, the easier it is to have faith in God. These areas are bricks that build upon one another. Each getting harder, but each more important at, than the next. The Gospels, if you will, if you look at Matthew through Luke, that is just the long version of, of somebody that was told to follow. Then they were, they were taught how to pray. Then they were taught to, to identify with Jesus Christ. They were Christians. And then after that, they were trusting in God. Some of them left everything that they had. They trusted in God completely. And then they had, they, they were telling people about Him after Jesus resurrected. And that was their job was to tell people about Him. It was just a long process of this vision of faith that God had for them and that God has for us. Once you get your faith back, God's vision becomes clear. Um, when I was in Texas, and I don't have a lot of time, but I, this is, uh, I'll tell you a story real quickly here. But I was driving to Texas. I was uh, in college, Bible college in Kentucky, and my family was down in Texas. And I wanted to go see them. And uh, so I, I, I left in the middle of the night. And I just got off of work at 11 o'clock, and it was, I think, a, I want to say a seven, eight-hour trip down to Texas where they were at. And I was driving, and I had at that time a Samsung Galaxy S2, okay? Um, so that was, I think they're at the, you know, like, 22 or something like that now. Um, but anyway, so, but uh, it was a long time ago. And I had my GPS on my phone. And I was driving, middle of the night, it was 2 o'clock, and I hit an armadillo. And I was like, what? And I know I'm in Texas, we're close at least. Um, but I hit an armadillo, that was the only armadillo I've ever seen that was alive for just a little bit. But uh uh, but I hit that armadillo as I'm driving, and as soon as I did, 
something happened. Something crazy happened. My phone fell off the, the, the little stand that I had it on, and then my alarm started going off. And so with the GPS running, it being plugged in, my alarm going off, my phone just shut off completely, and it was done. I don't know if I melted the battery. I have no idea what happened. But I could not get that GPS going. And, of course, I tried to save some time. I didn't go the major highways. I tried to do all those cut through. And uh, so I had no idea where I even was. It was 2 o'clock at night. I didn't know where I was. Driving down to Texas, that's all I know. I'm not really good with, with street names because we have a GPS. But once that GPS is gone, that's, that's really when you depend on Jesus Christ. But, uh, but I, I'm driving, and I have no idea where I'm at. I have no idea where I'm going. I get to the next little town, and uh, I pull into the only place that had a light on it. It was a hotel. Okay, it was a motel. Uh, I think it was the Day Spring or something, whatever motel. And uh, it was like days in, and they they duct taped over the end and put spring on it or something. I, again, it was it was a it was a little small town that I went to. And I came in there and I, I opened the door and no, the lights are all off. I don't hear anybody. And I'm like, great. Uh, you know, I have no idea where I'm at. I don't, you know, I, I don't even know where I'm at, what city I'm in. I don't even know what city I'm, I don't even know where I'm going. And uh, so I, I, I'm going to the front desk and I, I start ringing the bell. And uh, man, a guy gets up and I hear a noise that you only hear when you're waking a bear up. Okay. Uh, but this, and he gets up and he's like, what do you need? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to get to Dallas and I, I don't, I'm lost. I don't have a GPS. And then I could just think in his mind, like, oh my word. All right. But he, he, he said, all right, just go down this road and follow it all the way. You'll get to, you'll get to high, uh, I think 35 or something. I don't even know. Uh, but you'll get down to this highway and then you'll be able to find your way to Texas. And man, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm just going to trust you. I just met you. I have no idea where I'm at. I'm going to trust you. And I trusted him. I followed what he said. I went all the way out. Finally, eventually I found the highway and I was able to make it home. I'm still here today. I didn't die. So, um, but, but again, I had to trust him when I couldn't see the way. And that's exactly what faith is. When we don't see the way, when we don't understand what's ahead, we don't know what's on the other side, what's the next step in our life, we just trust and we have complete trust and faith that God is going to deliver us through. God's going to give us that next step that we need for our life. Um, again, it's just a vision of faith, having faith in God. Did you used to have a vision, but because of the busyness of life, you lost your way? Jesus said to these blind men, just notice what he says there in verse number 29, or verse number 30, or 28, I'm sorry about that, verse number 28. And he said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. God is asking you the same question. Do you believe that Jesus can give you a vision for your life? Do you believe that uh, if you followed Him and increased your faith, we all can increase our faith. If, do we believe that Jesus is able to do these miracles and lead us in this vision of faith? Let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. A vision of faith. A vision of faith. There is a, there is a vision that God has for each and every one of us. But things happen and we get distracted and we lose sight and we lose focus. And we the, the vision, the way that the Lord has gets blurry and we don't see where God wants us to be. Do you have a vision tonight? Is there something that the Lord has told you to do but you've uh, put it off, you've neglected it? Why don't, you, why don't you make a decision tonight that I'm going to follow the Lord? I'm going to follow what His, His vision is for my life. Have you gotten a vision from the Lord? The Lord told you to preach, the Lord told you to help out in a ministry and you just didn't ever do it, you've lost your vision. Why don't you come tonight and make that decision? I'm going to I'm going to make sure that my vision's not blurry. I'm going to follow and have faith in God. Let's go ahead and stand